Hello everyone, welcome again to the Natural Geekery Podcast, where I discuss gaming, creativity, and all the wonderful and positive ways we are all natural geeks. My name's Brian, I'll be your host. This is episode three, welcome aboard. First of all, I want to thank everyone who has picked up these early episodes and have given an audience to this project that, I, that I'm just so excited about and I care a lot about. It means a lot to me, and I'm very excited that you're here in these early stages with me. Uh, so yeah, welcome aboard and, and thank you. I, uh, I'm hoping, a little bit of housekeeping, I'm hoping to get this podcast listed in a few more of the larger directories. Uh, I've been chanting and doing numerous rituals in order to get the attention of the elder podcast gods and in hopes that we can, we can get listed in those. It's probably going to be another week or so. So bear with me on that. It's my hope that we'll be able, you would be able to just pull this podcast down on any of your your apps or your players or whatever. But in order to do that, I need to get into the larger directories and that takes a little bit of time. So patience, but we'll get there. As this podcast airs, um, I imagine it's probably just going to be a few short hours before I am finally walking in the doors of Gen Con 52 up in Indianapolis and I cannot wait. I'm like a kid at Christmas time. I'm very excited. But because of all the logistics and the planning that it has taken to get me five days off so I can enjoy Gen Con, this episode might be a little bit shorter, but I, I hope you'll you'll enjoy what I've got planned for you guys regardless of that. And in, in regards to Gen Con, um, if you see a six foot eight taller salt and pepper bearded gentleman with glasses with a big goofy grin on his face and you want to say hello please do go over to my Twitter at coyote guy and you can find me there. I've got pictures and I'm looking forward to meeting new people at this particular Gen Con. So come up, say hi, give me a wave. So moving on, though, I did not do an episode zero for this particular podcast. I did think it would be a good idea to do an episode zero for the creative project that is nestled within the podcast. Eh? Eh? It's like it's like an Inception episode zero. Anyway, with this session zero or this episode zero, I want to focus on this creative project that I'm going to do, kind of a storytelling session called Letters to My Uncle. I talked about this a little bit in episode one. Before I jump off into those episodes, I wanted to do an episode zero that kind of gives you backplot, gives you description, basically gives you out of character information before we get started. Um, and so just like a little bit of an introduction. Let's go back a year ago. My old and dear friend, uh, Tam Lane on Twitter. I'll put his link in the show notes so you can check him out. Tam Lane was looking for an extra player for his home game of Dungeons and Dragons. And this was a game that he had originally created as a set of three scenarios to be run at Gen Con. I think it was Gen Con 49. And they were going to be in conjunction with the release of the Tal'Dorei World Book that was being put out by Green Ronin Games. And um, there were three games run over the course of the convention and players could kind of get a taste of what it was like to be in the Tal'Dorei World. Now, if you're sitting there saying, what's a Tal'Dorei World? Well, Tal'Dorei, Tal'Dorei is the world for Season 1 Critical Role. And if you don't know what Critical Role is at this point and you're listening to my podcast... I'm surprised and kind of flattered that I get to introduce you to it. I will put links in the show notes about what Critical Role is. In short, it is a 
live-streamed actual play of Dungeons & Dragons by some very experienced voice actors and actors, and they do an amazing job. And the DM, Matthew Mercer, is the person that wrote the book, the Tal'Dorei World Book, for publication. So he, he created these three games. A fun part of that was that he had my family and I help him play test those games. And if you are an RPG fan and you have kids, you know how rare it is to be able to actually sit and play a game with your kids instead of just continually DMing for those kids. And so it was really great. We played through all three scenarios for him and we, we helped him find some bugs and, and flow issues. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but what he did was he ran those games at Gen Con and then he brought them back home and he ran those three games for his home game, which I wasn't able to be a part of at that point in time. And then they they just proceeded onward after the three game mark. And it's been this ongoing campaign that he's been running. And so it's that game that he comes up to me and says, hey, I, uh, I have an extra seat. Are you interested? Being a fan of Critical Role, I kind of jumped at the chance and worked with him to make up my character and, and all that jazz. You know, I wanted to do something kind of Explorer-like, maybe kind of Indiana Jones-inspired, and I, just, and I wanted to play a dwarf. So I kind of smushed it all together, and I came up with a dwarf rogue a scholar uh, by the name of Kelsey Raveneye. And I worked with Tamlin on this, I don't know, for a week or so as I kind of hammered out, chiseled out the character that I wanted to play. And with his permission, I was able to place uh, the character in Clan Thunderbrand. And, you know, I just decided to go for a long shot and ask if Kelsey could be the nephew to Drake Thunderbrand. Uh, who is a known Dwarven character in the Critical Role game. Matter of fact, he shows up in episode one of Critical Role season one. We did a few one-on-one uh, -on -one games, very short kind of little episodes to help flesh out Kelsey's background and how he worked with his uncle Drake. And one of those was that he had gotten sent to Whitestone under the orders of his uncle to train with the contingent of dwarves in the use of the new black powder weapons and pistols that were brought about by Percy, who's a character in the Critical Role season one. So once that was all finished, I had uh, this dwarven rogue scholar who was a black powder expert and who became a retrieval expert for his uncle who worked for the Alabaster Lyceum, the magical guild his uncle was a part of in the city of Iman. Now, if you're a, crit a critter and a Critical Role fan, that all made sense to you. If not, just, just buckle in, <laughs> just, just go with it. Um, so as we, as we got ready to introduce me to the character party or the player party, we decided that Kelsey had been assigned to Professor Vorland Jor and he had gone with him previously to his expedition to Visa Isle, which is talked about in the source book. And it was a short expedition that didn't really go very well. And Kelsey wanted to go back. And part of going back meant Kelsey needed to get to know some of the new investors, quote unquote, in the next expedition, which was actually the group of player characters. And that's how my dwarf started running with this group. Now, it took us six or eight months of real time to finally get around to the expedition because of all the other stuff that kept happening to us. But we did get around to the expedition to Visa Isle. And that's where we get around to what this project is all about. Boy, I took the long way, but you're now completely, you're completely filled in. 
So the letters to my uncle are going to be just that. They're going to be letters that Kelsey is going to be writing to his to to his uncle Drake. It's going to be in character. And I thought it'd be fun to present these as sort of like an epistolary manuscript. Did I say that right? Epistolary? Yeah, like a set of stories that make up a story, a set of letters that make up a story. And I've checked with Tamlin and I've checked with all the players around the table. Everybody's giving me thumbs up. I have full permission to use the story and to have fun with it. And I actually have no idea how this is going to end because we are still currently playing the expedition to the island. And the letters you're going to be hearing are going to be a little delayed by quite a few sessions because we've been doing this for a while. But regardless, I see it, you know, I see it as a fun exercise and a chance for me to work on my voice acting a bit. You'll understand that here in a minute and hopefully give you guys some entertainment as well. Another part is kind of a give back because the critter community and the, crit, the, the critical role community is, is incredible. It's a creative wellspring of talent in the form of, you know, fan artwork and cosplay. And I, and, you know, I go on Twitter, you can go on Twitter at any point, you do hashtag critter and you're going to see all this, these amazing works of art and this, this just cool stuff. And I, I've wanted to join in, but my artistic skills are not what they used to be. And my cos, cosplay is just not my thing so much. And, you know, maybe this way with this little story that I'm going to be doing that can kind of contribute a bit back to the world of critical role and give back some entertainment, which is what I'm really wanting to do. So I hope you enjoy these stories and as much as I've had playing them. And, you know, for the last bit of this episode, uh, this is going to be a quick sneak peek of what is to come and we'll call it letter zero. So here we go. Dear Uncle Drake, as you may have surmised, our expedition to Visa Isle has once again been waylaid to the circumstances a bit out of my bloody control. I'm sure you received my earlier report regarding what occurred with the group I'm traveling with and the events around Joran Village. Happily, I can report that those events should give Craighammer a chance to take advantage of the power vacuum now in place there. The people that live there deserve better, and I'm not sure they could receive much worse. It'll be good to know that Westerin and Craighammer and Whitestone will be able to work together to help prepare the problem we rooted out of there. I'm not entirely sure what the Shadewatch thought they could achieve by trying to backstab a group from the Slayer's take. Evidence, I suppose, of how arrogant they'd become in their gathered little fish pond. They obviously thought they were more than able to handle bigger fish, and obviously they thought wrong. Just know this, the Shadewatch definitely had it coming. I also imagine that you'll hear of the destruction of the corrupted temple there in the centre of the tune. Please, do me the favour of informing that gnome quart that his theories about the destructive potential of a few barrels of black powder is quite correct. I'll hopefully see you when we stop in him on. I'll tell you more details then. Your nephew, Kelsey Raven, eh? And there you go. Consider that a little tease. More letters and more story to come. Hope you enjoyed that. Thanks for listening to episode three of Natural Geekery. Please consider subscribing or following or joining by clicking whatever appropriate little button is there on your podcast player. Thanks so much for listening. You can reach me with questions, comments, concerns, or requests to be interviewed at naturalgeekery at gmail.com. You can also reach me at Twitter. My handle is at Coyote Guy. And I will, I'm on there all the time, so feel free to reach out there as well. Hope you've enjoyed this episode, and as always, you're needed out here. Make a plan, roll some dice, and don't forget, be a good person. Talk to y'all later. Thank you. Bye-bye.